Hey, he's back here, I guess. It looked like that in the picture. I wondered if that was the place. Yeah. There we go. All right. Good to go. All right, everybody. Welcome. Glad you stayed over. Happy Father's Day to you fathers who are among us. And uh, we got a lot of substance to get into, so let's just jump right in. And I know I'm asking a lot of you today. I know it's Father's Day for... Uh, but I want you to know that there's always hope in Jesus Christ. I'm gonna, I might be a little intense in some places that I go, and I barely survived this text, and parts of me didn't. <laughs> Praise God, as I went through it. Um, but I want to tell you that it's necessary and remind you that hard words soften hearts, and soft words harden hearts like a, like a jackhammer cracks cement and feathers don't. And um, so with that, now that you're all scared, no. <laughs> um, let's go. All right. Where are we at here? We are in Luke 8. Uh, we're going to start in verse 4, parable of the sower. All right. Oh, so, okay. Yep. So, now, as he goes about proclaiming, this is what it looks like to be a recipient of that proclamation. Verse 1 in uh, chapter 8, he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do in Luke 4. Uh, in Luke 4, where he said, I, Soon afterward, he went throughout the cities and the villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And what is the good news? It's him. Where's the kingdom of God? It's where he is reigning and ruling. The kingdom of God is the reign and rule of Christ Jesus. It's not over there. It's not uh, in some far-off land. It's wherever he is. Um, he himself is that good news. So, um, as he goes about making the proclamation that he is, this is what it looks like to be uh, a recipient of that proclamation. And know right now that this is the parable that determines our relationship to the sower. He's going to diagnose our heart. Um, this is a parable that diagnoses our heart so that we can receive anything and everything that the Lord would say proceeding out from here. Um, and we often think we need to be careful about how we speak, and we put a lot of thoughts into that, but this parable tells us we need to be careful how we hear. There's lots of news in the world, there's only one good news. There's lots of speakers in the world, there's only one Jesus. There's lots of Jesuses in the world, there's only one real one. All right, when a crowd, when a great crowd was gathering, Jesus phenomenon had picked up his name was out in the air people were coming healing was taking place there was you know there was no cure for any major disease up until the 1800s so if there's a guy healing that's pretty phenomenal okay walking hospital some people saw him as but this one he, he refocuses our attention on what's more important because uh, the salvation of our souls is more important than the healing of our body as we've seen already in Luke's gospel now a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him and he said in a parable a sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed some seed fell on the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it some seed fell on the rock and as it grew up it withered away 
because it had no moisture. Some seed, this is the third soil, fell along, fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some seed, and some fell on good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So, Father, I pray that as we go into this, you would help us to hear. You would open our ears, that you would toy the, uh, till the soil of our hearts, soften these hard places. Spirit, that you would be at work, anybody watching and anybody listening. And as I speak, as I listen to your word, pray that you would keep me from any foolishness or anything that's inaccurate. Because this is your word, and it's because it's your word, and we're saved by the knowledge of the gospel, by, and the God of the gospel who is in his message. This has to do with salvation. So what could be more important? I pray that you would write our ears, write our minds, help us to have renewed minds, a repentant heart, and a responsive will to your word. Do that work in us so that as we go through the rest of the book, and not just those in this room and not just those online, but I pray for our church at large. Help us to be those who can hear. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So this is the Lord, it's a commanding invitation to all peoples for his people within all peoples open that up a little bit more as we go but this is illustrational not agricultural he's so everybody in this day knew how see how things were planted it's not like today back then a sower would go out he would have a bag and he would uh, and they and he would go out to his field uh, and there would be paths around or through the field the paths uh, would be pressed down soil kind of think a dirt road uh, where nothing grows and beside that there would be limestone that would that would kind of guard the side of the path, and then there would be the field, okay? So as he's going, he's sowing, and some seeds are falling on the, in all these different places. So I wanna, I wanna put that in your mind before we go, because that's what Jesus does here. And when his disciples, verse nine, asked him what the parable meant, he said to you, it has been given. This is a gift of God. To know the secrets, what's the gift? To know the secrets of the kingdom of God. To get, so a Christian should be able to look at Christ and see the depth of what he's doing, not just like the surface thing. Oh, he healed somebody. We can see what it means as he invites us deep into that. If we look onto him, we're not just, um, I'll go further. Okay, but that's for, that's for, Let's go. But for others, they are in parables. So that, and he quotes Isaiah, Isaiah 6, verse 9 and 10. So that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not hear. All right, so understanding is a gift. It's not natural, it's supernatural. Uh, you look, once we get to the end of the book of Luke in 16 years, we're. Uh, uh, we're going to get to um, Luke 24, and we'll see Jesus having to open the minds by, by a miraculous, like, seeing. The same as he heals the eyes of the blind, he heals the mind's eyes so that we can understand. Uh, 
he opens our minds to understand. And uh, if, if you, I, I would encourage you to read First uh, and Second Corinthians chapters one and two. Uh, I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapters one and two. That's all about this. I would today, but uh, we don't have time. Um, And this understanding doesn't take place apart from God. So what Jesus says, he says to all the soils, soils one, two, three, and four, all the people, but it's for the good soil. He says it to all the soils, but it's for the fourth one. Uh, so what's that mean? By parables, so to you it has been given. He's talking to his people. He's talking to the good soil. To you it has been given. But for others, it's in parables so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. And that's where Luke cuts it off, the Isaiah quote, and he puts the rest of the quote, uh, as opposed to Matthew and Mark, he puts the rest of the quote under the, in the first seed. We'll get there. So, what's that mean? By parables, God protects his truth from the first three soils to preserve his truth For his true church so that it's not understandable or receivable to those who don't desire God to the one who remains autonomous from God God safeguards his words from them and they never grasp true understanding for these they want no part of the things of God as God presents them and so they will be given no part of these things. You say how things are. You love your interpretation of reality. Fine. Have it. And this is how in Romans 1, Paul says, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. To these, it's as if he says, you will not see true reality remain in fantasy. This is today called postmodernism. People love their interpretations of things more than the reality of things. Reality to them is their interpretation, not what it is. So this hiding of the truth is a just judgment to the one who wants nothing to do with him. Nothing will be given to that one. God can do so much more with an empty vessel a vessel emptied of itself than one full of itself. And, as we'll see, however, this was all of our state before intervention. Salvation is dependent on sovereign grace alone. Romans 9, 16. This will help you breathe. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. And we may not like that, but we can understand it. And after wrestling with it, you come to love it. Wait, God only chooses some, and then we wrestle. And that's sobering. I remember when I first came upon the doctrines of grace, how sobering it was, you don't like it, and is it true? 
wait, God only chooses some. And then after a time of wrestling, wait, God chose me. And he will not abandon me or let me fully abandon him. We need to lay hold of that before we go forward, because if we go forward without addressing God's sovereign sowing, then we'll try to till our own soil by works and we'll depend on that exertion instead of trusting God's grace. And I know that's really hard to hear, but after the wrestling takes place, he'll, he'll bring you on to a full joy that no one can take from you. Now the parable is this, verse 11, the seed is the word of God. All right, so God, as the one who designed all things, gets to define all things, okay? As we move forward, we'll see, uh, we'll see through Jesus' teachings, we'll see that many people love Jesus until he starts speaking, defining things, and teaching. <laughs> until, they love him until he opens his mouth. Erwin Lutzer said, the condition of the soil determines the receivability of the seed. This is about identity. Who you are determines what you believe. The fourth soil, the good soil, would say in peace, whose you are determines everything. It's not much about themselves. They forego everything they are to receive all that Christ would have for them and himself. And as we progress, we'll see What's keeping our hearts hard for soil? What's preventing our endurance from continuing? What's preventing endurance and keeping us weighed down? Second soil and third soil, we'll see. What's keeping us devotionally distracted and spirit helpless? I wanted you to have the good news of God's sovereign grace first because, well, that's what the fourth soil is saved by. Sovereign grace. That's where the good news is. All right. First soil. So the ones along the path are those who have heard. They have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. That's where Jesus, uh, Luke puts the rest of that Isaiah quote. The other one ends it. The other, uh, Matthew and Mark ended hearts. The devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. And Luke adds there the rest of the Isaiah passage, so that they may not believe and be saved. So this is rejection of everything, of the seed by enemy. This isn't really apostasy like the second two soils, like the soils three and, two and three, because apostasy means to abandon. These, these never come in the first place. They're withheld by their, heart, by their hard heart and the devil and his sway, which the whole world is under. First uh, John 5, 19 says the entire world is under the sway of the evil one. And by it, by their flesh and the enemy, they refuse to entertain the notion of the truth of God, of absolute truth. And anything that God has to say or invite them into. The devil keeps them completely irresponsive to the word. Um, it's the soil, it's the, they refuse saving revelation and therefore they refuse rescue. 
They follow self, which is following Satan. Spurgeon said, depend on it. He will either serve Satan or Christ, either self or savior. And so they never gain understanding who only seek for themselves. Seeking for self is antithetical to the gospel that calls us to deny self. It goes in one ear at best and slips off the mind, never penetrating into that place, never renewing that place. Might as well fall on concrete. The person is kept indifference, indifference, in indifference towards God who does not give saving knowledge to the one whose heart is hardened, whose heart does not desire God. They remain lifeless, a just judgment. You don't desire me or who I am for who I am. You won't get me as I am. Go on keeping yourself. You can read more about this in John 3 when Jesus says the light has come into the world, but we love the darkness. We loved our sin. Next soil. Hang on. I know that the, we all feel the weight and it's heavy, but keep going. God help. And the one and the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word of God, receive it with joy, but having no root. They believe for a while, for a time, and in a time of testing, fall away. This is apostasy under external testing. Under So soil two. The first seed was a fully hard heart. This one is a partially hard heart. There's not enough soil to germinate, but too rocky to last. The roots can't grab hold of anything but a hard, but hard stones here and there. And the, the plant, first soil, nothing. Second soil, little bit. Not enough to grow and produce any kind of fruit on top. There's enough soil for the seed to germinate, but too rocky to last. It's a, it's a, it's a blip of life and nothing more. It's a flash in the pan. There's enough soil to make the seed a part of your life, to attend church at some frequency. But when it comes to planting the soul sign in your field, it falls over because of the shallow depth. This, the seed's roots can't go deep. When things get real and trials arrive, the storms of life come, the house is washed away, unable to be sustained, as Jesus said at the end of his Sermon on the Plain in Luke 6. Hey, Rich. Joe. Just, just a thought, when, when we're talking about plants, mm -hmm. we're not talking about a dandelion. Because I got dandelions in between the cracks mm -hmm. and the cement. Yeah. We're talking about plants that are fruitful, mm -hmm. should I say? We will be soon. Our neighbor could say, oh, well, look at the dandelions. They can grow anywhere, you know. Yeah. But we're not talking about that kind of a plant. Mm -hmm. Dandelions do make good wine, though. I mean, they do have a use. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. So these ones are motivated, but motivation never lasts. Motivation, by definition, is a short thing. These are not motivated. These are, these are motivated. They're not transformed. J.C. Ryle said, Trials are intended to make us think, to wean us from the world, and to send us 
the Bible and drive us to our knees. For this soil, trials have the opposite effect. The rocks anchor us to the world. Soil three. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, all these hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. All right, so first soil, nothing. Second soil, little bit, sun comes out, wither and dies. This soil grows up, but it's choked. And as tall as it gets, the fruit is never, never pretend, never matures. I won't make any other language for it. it. Just says Jesus says it never matures, and it's mature, not mature. Say it wrong, like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so this is apostasy under competing devotions, distractions, pleasures, preferences. It's. It's apostasy under things that aren't bad things, but we make them God things. These are idols. Fear of loss of these things. Never really see the surpassing worth of Christ. He's, Christ is awesome, but so is this. I can have both. And the Bible says you can't have two masters. Christ will have equal standing with nothing in your life. It is him, and that is it. This is the busy, cluttered, crowded heart, choking out the essential for the important, like Martha and Mary. Mary was sitting at the feet of the Lord. She was doing what's essential. Martha was busy around the house doing a bunch of different things that were important, but not essential. They are busy with everything and not satisfied with anything. The essential thing resides among the other things blending in with them, unrecognized in their midst. And we can go about some modern day thorns, but... Oh yeah, let's do it. I'm not as far back as I thought I would be. So some modern day thorns, or anything that has equal standing in your heart is Jesus. Remember, the kingdom of God is his reign and rule. And the good news is he would come in and he would take from power those things that are reigning and ruling in our lives. The way we think about money, sex, and power, food even. Some modern day thorns are new ageism, as it relates to the culture and the marketplace of ideas. Pragmatism, where it says, whatever works, let's do that. That's not how the Bible functions. Ideologies, different politics, hot button issues like social justice, Pride Month. Why is there not a humility month? Um, wokeism, whatever. Progressive Christianity is a massive one right now. Progressive Christianity is the secularization of the church. Saying for 2,000 years, this has been the clear teaching of scripture, but we say it's okay now because we want a Christianity that changes with the time. We want a Jesus that adjusts. But Christ doesn't submit to the times, does he? 
comes back, what's going to happen? Every knee is going to bow. You cannot mix Christ with anything. Christ alone is sufficient. You can't adapt Christ to anything. He has no interest in adapting to the culture, but the culture submitting to him. Sufficient is Christ alone as he is. End of story. And if you're the good soil, it's as simple as that. And praise God. I don't want anything more than that. I don't want anything more than him. I don't need it. Why would you want more than one thing that's sufficient? Yeah. So really, when you say Christ alone, we're, we look for everything to save us except Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Well, Christ and, like Galatians. Right, right. So sufficient is Christ alone, end of story. Jesus said a few weeks ago, blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Like, whatever you say, that's it. You're God, you're good, I'm in. You lead. I've been a terrible God of my own life. It's yours. By your grace and mercy and work only am I in. Now as for the good soil, soft, fertile, prepared, willing, they are those hearing the word, hold it fast. They lay it to heart like Malachi and Jeremiah say. There's a tremendous judgment for those who don't lay the word of God to their heart, especially leadership. So they hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. Now, it's made honest and it's made good by the Spirit. This is a soil, person and peoples prepared. The sower isn't willy-nilly with his seed just throwing it all over and just hoping for the best. This. Uh, with his, he's not willy-nilly with his seed, just casting it about, because uh, it's for the good soil, the soil prepared, the soil that's gone through clearing, the soil that's been drawn in, the soil where the word of God has been a sword and a chisel, shaping, designing, claiming, making it ready, and then the sower sows. He's been, he does this all by his word in the first place, but, and then harvesting. So like what farmer doesn't get a field ready? Pretty bad one if he doesn't go out. I mean, you live in the country. Does it, does, do they just go out there with their tractors and no. not do anything to the field? They have to prepare it first. Yeah, they have to prepare it first. I have a question. Yes. So, the sower actually prepares the soil the sower prepares the soil, yes. You know, why do I believe, I, I wrestle with this. I have a family who are very academic. My sister, mm-hmm. my sister, my, all the people live in Europe, mm-hmm. and they're all atheists. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, why do I believe and they don't? They, they've heard it, they absolutely want no part of it. Yeah. Why do I believe? I'm no better than my sister. Mm-hmm. So God had to open my eyes. Yeah. Unless he opens our eyes, we're not going to see. It's a supernatural thing. Yeah. And that, that, is, that is amazing. Yeah. And our pride doesn't want to believe that. We want to think, I believe. I was a good person. I believe. Mm-hmm. Look at all the people who go forward at Billy Graham. And, you know, the statistics say the majority of them, when they leave, that's the end of it. Yeah. Their emotions have them go forward. Yeah. But did it really take? We're not here to judge. Yeah. We're not supposed to. 
but I, I think to myself, can I believe my sister can't? Yeah, you know? it's a psychosomatic emotional response. And I'm not saying that she won't someday, you mm -hmm. know, maybe the Lord will open her eyes. That's yeah. the only hope we have. You know? God's, I just read J.I. Packer, well, I've read it in here too, took my time with it, tiny little book. J.F. Packer's Evangelism, and, or The Sovereignty of God in Evangelism, and the last 20, 25 pages, just, I almost got a computer printed them off just to hand out here. They're so good, but this takeaway, because God is sovereign over who is saved, should free us from, from trying to convince them into the kingdom it's dependent on God as the as Romans 9 16 which we read it's not about human will it's not about exertion God is sovereign in salvation he will choose his who he chooses and that's it's a horrifying thought at first and and we don't know who the elect are I know you're not used to anyway um, but the truth of it is is this, should, this knowledge should make us bold, should make us patient and prayerful. God works through our prayers. He's so sovereign that he takes our out-of-tune prayers <laughs> and does his work with them. That's yeah, crazy. Rich, uh, yeah. When, when we're talking about the soil, people got the idea that we're preparing the soil, but I believe the number one act God does, he takes away the hard heart and he gives us a heart of flesh. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's when the soil starts getting good because mm -hmm. we're not dealing now with a hard heart. But we don't understand, I think we do, there's things that are happening that we don't know what's going on and we can't, yeah. we can't speak it academically or God is working in us yeah. and we're not aware of it. And yeah. then when we hear the word, I believe that's because we got the new heart now because he gave us ears to hear. Yeah. We're not talking about our physical hearing. Yeah. Encased in the packaging and the gift of the good heart that you, or the new heart that you've received is the ability to understand. And that's when everything goes. Everything yeah. goes well. But then again, it doesn't always go well because we always, if we're not in the word, we end up in and out. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I have kept your word in my heart so that I would not sin against you. We need to get it in there. Yeah. Um, okay. Heart. But an honest and good heart, cardia. That's the, the spiritual, intellectual, volitional center of a person's being, the whole person. Um, in the Bible, heart and mind can be interchangeable. It's just, it's, it's, it's the depths of a person is your heart, um, not your literal. So this is a new nature to receive the word, a soil prepared. This one has tunnel vision for Christ, from Christ. Tunnel vision from Christ, for Christ. It's amazing, we didn't do anything to save ourselves. And he comes and saves us and then gives us the ability to obey him. The ability to love him, the capacity to love him that wasn't there before. Came in, 
cleared out the ground that was us, made it good in this time of preparation and drawing in, which it doesn't feel good times. How good does it feel for the ground to get shoveled and tilled? This one has tunnel vision for Christ, from, from Christ, a singleness of purpose of seeing him obeyed and glorified. That's our joy. May our every motive for all things is to see him glorified. This kind of person perceives rightly receiving graciously. Hearing the word and hold it honest and a good heart and bear fruit with patience. You'll know them by their fruit. Though saved from the devil and all he offers, blinders off, receptiveness received, soul awakened, new heart of flesh, Isaiah 36, starting in around verse 22. Just read the whole chapter. Somewhere in there. <laughs> um, a new heart of flesh replacing the heart of stone. God promises in a future time that he will for Israel, the church is the new Israel, that he will come and he will cause us to believe in him. He will, he will do this. We don't have the ability apart from his sovereign workings. So when I hear Stephen Furtick on stage saying, there's one thing that even Jesus can't do, I'm like, no, no, you got, yeah saying there's one thing that even Jesus can't do. He can't override unbelief. If he couldn't override an unbelief, there would be no such thing as a Christian. By the way, if it's on TBN, you probably shouldn't watch it. I never heard of it. Yeah, okay, good. Um, I never heard of them either, but... You're fine. No, I'm listening. Um, this is a soil that's broken up. So this is, the good soil was once the hard soil, all of us. We were all that soil at one part, at one space in time. We were, and I tremble because I see a, a lot of the first three soils still in here active. So that's the first soil dealt with, the second soil dealt with. Those who can take the world's light momentary affliction, because remember they crack under trial, whatever the trial is, temptation or persecution or whatever it is, anything that leads astray. They can take the world's light momentary affliction because of the glory that's to come. Their eyes are on Christ. And for the third soil, three, they're not worried about what the world's worried about, scared about what the world's scared of. They see the surpassing worth of Christ. He's treasure. And again, and bear fruit with patience. In John 17, Jesus prays that our fruit should abide. Jesus prays for the good soil, that they would produce fruit, and it would be a large crop, a hundredfold. The other uh, versions of this parable say, you know, not all of us are, you know, hundredfolds. Some of them, 60, 30. Point is, they're producing. And there's really only two kinds of soil in the end producing soil and unproductive soil. So Jesus is after those who are all in. There's no trying him out. 
I mean, the parable is he's prepared them, he's making those are all who are all in. Like that, that's that, that phrase, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. There's nothing in here about him being a part of our lives, but owning our lives, purchasing us by his blood so that, so that our newfound awaken, awaking joy is, I am not my own, I was bought with a price. Completely different to the world's chance of pride. You can be whatever you want, whatever you think you are, you are. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself was the sin that broke the world. So before my kids get on the soccer field, I'm not, they're not going to hear believe in yourself for me. They're going to hear God is sovereign, whatever happens, happens. Now go out there and kill them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot nicer than that, I hope. Um, <laughs> there's nothing but that until you meet Christ. And then you want nothing to do with that after you meet him. This seems so hard before we taste how good he is. We want to give a little and reserve something for ourselves, but that's not what Jesus is after. He's after no partial participants like Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5. But he wants all players on the field, or at least on the sidelines getting ready. Those in Christ lose nothing by giving him everything. Sam Rutherford says something we've said in here said in here before, they lose nothing who gain Christ. In a few weeks when we get to count the cost of being Christ's disciple, it costs you a lot more not to be. Just to spoil that for you. Um, this is a call to endurance. Dr. Steve Lawson is probably my favorite Bible teacher from afar. He said this, to follow Christ, we must have a renewed mind, repentant heart, and responsive will. Jesus says it like this, you must be born again. Simple as that. You must be good soil. There are many landing spots for the seed, but only one seed. Many soils, but one truth, and one truth giver. We're soiled at waiting for the so the so we're to come. So you should ask yourself, can I hear him? Is this just a parable to me, wise words in my ear? Or is it power that's doing things within me? Our job is to keep ourselves from warrantlessly assuming we're the fourth soil, presuming on the grace of God. If we're honest, we see a lot of the first three within us. And if you find yourself not so good as you thought, know that he's better than you can perceive, and repenting of our hardness of heart is what softens it. You're going at those things that you love. It's completely counter to you. You can still enjoy things, and that's, that's not what he's teaching here. But we enjoy him over all things. That's what he's teaching here. You know, God made you for your joy, right? To find your joy in Him. He made you for love. His reasoning kind of helps us 
deal with the hard things he would say to get us back to that. So as we're made aware of our sin and its hardening effects, we need to turn ourselves in, finding grace, and you'll be met with mercy, grace, and wisdom, which he gives freely to all who ask in faith. He says hard things for good reasons. Our freedom from the bondage of our self-willfulness and indifference and the alluring world and competing devotions, he frees us to himself. Because Christ alone is sufficient. So we got pretty heavy there for a sec, but we okay? We all right? <laughs> we got, it's a sweet thing to know that we have work to do. Remember, I, I hated studying this, honestly, because it revealed a lot of rocks and thorns, and I love a lot of silly things. Quick change. Yeah. I have a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. I know that I have all four soils within me. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't like watch the news and I try not to hear, but there are things that I hear that are so troubling mm -hmm. that I just, I want to block it out because God is going to come and save don't know how, I don't know when, but all of the things that are going on in the world just hurts so badly mm -hmm. that it's caused me to be hard. I have compassion, yeah. but the hardness of not wanting to hear, it's like almost like a paralyzation Type thing. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't even want to to engage in in and of that. Yeah. You know, and, and the the biggest part is the realm of sexuality mm. and children. It's like, wait, you are conditioning these people to be not of the Lord. Yeah. And it's like, what do we do? How do we handle that? There is not a thing that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for that's not present in the country right now. That's what... And, and that's... But Christians are those who are standing next to him on the hill. Not in the city. And the good news is he's at work. And there's no heart that's so hard that he can't smash it apart, break it apart. Jeremiah says that the word of God is a hammer. Mm -hmm. They need this, and they need it in love. They need the gospel. They need Jesus as he is. And so do we, because I, I get very bogged down and I've realized I'm very easily triggered by things. Probably presents itself up here a little bit, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, what do your triggers cause you to do? You know, I guess that's the question. They, they, they cause me to shut down sometimes, too, and you get angry. Um, I don't even want to see it. I don't want to hear yeah. it. I don't want to... I just... Yeah, just... Because I believe it'll just go away. But then what 
Joe had said about we have to prepare the soil, is that the soil in which we are supposed to be preparing? Is um, that a question of clarity or <laughs> because it's it's we can't necessarily turn our backs. No. But are we the ones who are through God the ones who's supposed to be preparing the soil? He's the one that does 100% of the work. And just because we're involved with it doesn't mean he doesn't get 100% of the glory. He's right. causing us. And so the Philippians um, 2, 12, and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, <coughs> excuse me, so now, not only in my presence, but also more in my absence, Paul talking here, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work out for his good pleasure. So, in the midst of our reactions and what's troubling us, God will intercept us at times and will be triggered not just to want to check out and hit the eject button. I think Alistair Begg said that's his biggest trend. This, his biggest temptation is just, as he put it, just to shuck it. <laughs> um, and just, I'm done with it. To, to check out. So when we're triggered to do that, God intervenes, and we need to put it in our minds too. It's his work, but it's our responsibility as well. To be triggered to prayer, to operate, to, to, to work out our own salvation. And if that's a hardness of our heart, that's an area where the word of God will break apart onto better things and fruit bearing ground. So. Yeah, whenever, oh, thank you so much. When I am triggered to, to silence, mm -hmm. I do turn and pray. Because I can't. Because if I go at it in any other manner, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not being the light of Jesus. Because the words would be too harsh. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that fully. cover next week uh, 16 through okay. 21 okay. which is on the same line I got a friend that said using her light and we think we're the light but when we become a Christian truth is the light and we're yeah we're misunderstanding them particular verses mm -hmm. coming up in verse 16 and we get down on ourselves because we think, well, we're not the light. I'm, I'm not a good person. Oh, I did this. I did that. But the light is actually the truth because what you said this morning and even what Leonard said, a lot of denominations, should I say, or even Christian churches or even whatever, a lot of religion is based on works. And 
and you're giving God the glory by saying he's the one that put, gave us a new heart. Mm -hmm. That is the light of what we're supposed to be preaching mm -hmm. or teaching or even telling other people. <coughs> he's the one that does the work as far as giving us that new heart to be able to live here yeah. and see. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I'm saying. That's for next week. I, that's all I was asking. And I, I just was wondering yeah. if she was kind of the, about the soil. There's always a tension between divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Right, and, I understand that. And um, you see it here, and especially, you know, uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, human responsibility, for it is God who is working within you, causing you to desire to, uh, to, to will and to, and to work, to desire it and to do it. So there's divine, divine sovereignty. These things hold hands perfectly. And God gets the credit for the strength in both hands. And so, uh, next week, uh, Leonard's on vacation for the next two weeks. I'll be preaching. And, um... <laughs> so I would say, what we could do for digging deeper is just come in here and talk about what we heard in the sermon. I don't have to do what we usually do. So... Robin, I'm kind of like you. I don't even want to watch the news. We have family members who sit and watch Fox News all day, you know? And I think, oh my, this is where they get... And well, not I have family family members that watch CNBC. Yeah. Or, not, yeah. not even Fox. Right. So, but if we put all our hope in them, you know, That's right. we forget that the world yeah. Christ came into was not a good world. No. There was... There was Rampant homosexuality and yeah. politics were crooked. He went through the same kind of world that we're in. We yeah. think this That's is the worst point. it's That's ever been. Mm -hmm. No, there's no nothing new, nothing new under the sun. There you go. Amen. There you go. There's nothing new. It's all, it's it's a cycle, and we're just in that mm -hmm. lower cycle. And yeah. yeah, and I'm not fearful. I'm not fearful. That's the work of God. I know God will be by my side no matter what mm -hmm. but it's just and you can't you can't like browbeat people right. to see mm -hmm. there is nothing unless god opens their eyes yeah. there right. is nothing you can That's say right. nothing yeah. you can do Therefore, whenever, like I told, I said, as I already said, yeah. whenever these trigger, I shut down and just pray. Let the first time you open your Bible after this go to 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Even if you go home and re read it after this. I, I, and let's, I'll pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. We're just feeling around in the dark apart from apart from what you speak and how you lead. Father, I pray that you would protect, protect our church from getting progressive and bringing the culture in. And I pray that you would do, this is a hard thing to ask for people, so I ask for myself all the more. Um, that you would smash the hard stuff, the hard hardness within us that might as well be cement. I thank you for Robin's openness and pray for her encouragement and things that as you would lead her from this place and I know that the, we all have the capacity to get triggered and, 
it's, it's, it's a good sign because we're grieved by what grieves our God. And it's not just that you're by our side, it's that you're in us. And by our side. Where aren't you? Where can we go to escape your presence? Regardless of where we go, there you are. And that's such good news for us and terrifying news to everybody else. And I pray that your word says that wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. So I pray that you would help us as a church to fear you rightly. <coughs> so that we can bring all the, and all the people in our lives who we don't see believing. And in ourselves, when we run into that hard-hearted person of the past. May you grant us the same fear that would, as 2 Corinthians 7 says, that brings us out of those things. And smash apart those rocks and grant us good soil and help us to endure it. With the hope that you're good and you've got us. And while it hurts now, while it's scary now, we have to endure it now. We have forever without it with you. Seeing fully. With no possibility of ever falling. And if we're in Christ right now, we have zero possibility of falling out of his grasp. Like he has no zero possibility of falling out of heaven. It's for your wonderful name. We give you all glory, Lord Jesus.